everyone. Welcome to Zonan Canada. I'm your host, Jesse Betteridge. Randy is joining me today. Hey. Uh, and we're going to talk about a few news items, primarily just what on earth is going on with uh, The Boy and the Beast's theatrical <laughs> and home video release in Canada. Uh, if you haven't been keeping up with that, the answer may surprise you. But uh, but just before we start, Randy, uh, it's been a while since you were on the show. How have you been? Uh, I've been pretty good. Uh, school and work can be really busy. Yeah. And uh, anime in the pastime. Have you been uh, following anything uh, over the last little while? Uh, yeah, from this season, I've been watching uh, Erased. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and, and that, that's been uh, really the only show I've been really keeping up with. Uh, some of the other shows I've been following were, were the Rakugo show and uh, Konosuba, and I've fallen behind on both of those a little bit. How, how is Konosuba? I, didn't, uh, I haven't checked that one out. I heard it's pretty funny. Yeah, Konosuba is way better than it has any right to be, uh, and it's actually pretty, pretty fun. Uh, and it really, it really shocked me. I thought that it was just going to be like this garbage, uh, MMO virtual world becomes real life kind of show. And it ended up becoming, uh, kind of playing to that and becoming like just subverting lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, well, when you get, when you get three or four of those a season, I mean, yeah. chances are one, one of them is going to be a little playful at some point. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's really good. Uh, the main girl is is a god who is like forced into the world against her will and uh she's most of the comedy of the show is her just trying to react to like this new world and it's actually it's pretty good stuff yeah i i will probably check that out at at some point soon uh yeah i just got caught up on erased myself the other night and uh well at, at we haven't seen the last episode yet um I don't know what uh, what what's your take on uh the direction it's it's been going in. Uh I thought it was I thought it's been pretty good the whole way through. Um the reveal episode uh is 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 a bit is a bit hacky yeah. to say to say the to least. To say um, the least, yeah. I I can't go into spoilers uh obviously cuz it's a very spoiler heavy show, but it it did the thing I didn't want it to do. Mm-hmm. Uh I wish it took a different route <laughs> and and it ended up going exactly where I hoped it wouldn't and and uh, it's recovered from that a bit in the latest episode. Uh, I'm curious to see how it's going to finish up. Uh, we'll but, see. But, I, mm. I, I wasn't too impressed with the last two episodes, to be honest. Uh, I, I thought that, that, that second last episode, I think it went in a, what I thought was a really dumb direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and apparently they skipped some content from the manga as well, mm-hmm. which has resulted in, you know, who is supposed to be one of the main characters of the of the show or one of the primary characters has just been dumped completely um which is a shame because you know she got a fair bit of focus uh at the beginning and middle points of the series mm-hmm. and in my mind i don't think that she would have salvaged that last little uh little little role she was supposed to play mm-hmm. but um yeah still disappointing that they made that decision but i guess that's what happens when you cram eight volumes yeah. of manga yeah but, and it, it's a shame because because the star of the series was was so absolutely great and really i think like the strength of the first half of that show is enough to keep it uh in people's minds for the rest of the year at least absolutely like yeah. keep in mind that your mileage may vary on the ending i guess or, mm-hmm. or what we've yeah. seen the ending so far but uh, i i mean check check out the first couple anyway no matter what yeah, it's, it's, absolutely. Got a, it's got a strong start definitely worth checking out even if uh even if the ending is ultimately kind of a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, anime generally doesn't have a strong record with endings. So 
Very true. Yeah. At least it's going to end is is the benefit. It, it's nice that they uh, they managed to tie it in with the manga ending mm-hmm. all right, and get and get that in there. Uh, the fact that the, there's a live action movie, no doubt, had something to do with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go, going back a little bit, I've actually been uh, been checking out Fate Zero. Oh, yeah, nice. I, I've never seen any anything from the Fate franchise. Well, I saw a little bit of like the old Fate Stay Night anime back in 2006. Mm-hmm. I like I thought the whole premise. I didn't think it was good. I thought the whole premise was kind of dumb. And like, let's be honest, the premise is kind of dumb. It, it is. It is. But I got. I, I gotta say, Fate Zero has has kind of sold me on it. That yeah. that is one that is solid execution. A, a lot of unnecessary child murder, but uh, I I can look past that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Fate Fate Zero is uh quite quite a different take for the whole series as a whole. Uh, I'm actually I, I've been a fan of Fate. Uh, actually, I was a fan of Type Moon's first game, uh, Sukihime. Hmm. Uh, it was one of those titles that was everywhere when I, when I was first getting into anime. Uh, I actually ended up buying uh, a copy of Fate Stay Night, the game, uh, on my first trip to Anime North, and I still have it to this day. It's a very nice limited edition, and uh, I'm kind of astounded that I own it when I when I look at see that this was a limited edition, and it has like this really cool art book and such in it, and it's just like this really cool thing. Uh, Fate Stay Night, I've never really liked the shows that much. Uh, the, the, the first series I thought was uh pretty pretty hokey yeah uh the first movie i thought was really it looked really good for the for the standards of that day uh not so much anymore uh but there was no plot to speak of in that movie basically and now with the with the uh ufotable stuff it's gotten a lot more uh polished and a lot more interesting and they finally know how to properly market and make that show and i think it's to the benefit of everyone now. Yeah, that's what happens when a show's reputation can sometimes elevate something beyond what it was ever meant to be. That, mm-hmm. that That's what I kind of feel like Fate Zero is. Uh, and it's interesting that show came out in 2011, uh, which was the same year that Madoka uh, was airing on TV. And even though I know Gen Urobuchi wasn't involved with the Fate Zero anime, right. he wrote he wrote the light novels. So that was kind of... That was really his... his uh, uh, his his banner year. Yeah, that, sure. was, a, that yeah. was that was that uh, was his coming out year for sure. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, yeah. Uh, Psychopaths. The movie is going to be screening in Canada. It already has. Uh, it's screened on the sixteenth, uh, and it's screening again on on uh, here in Winnipeg on the twenty seventh. And I've been catching up on the show because I've never seen the show in preparation. Uh, so I actually just finished the last episode uh, about fifteen minutes before we started recording. Uh, I thought it was pretty outstanding. I wasn't yeah. too hot on the first half, uh, but the uh, the final episode of the first half uh, does something that really grabs you. This really fantastic scene uh, between the main character Akane and the main villain Makishima. That's uh, absolutely wonderful, and it really uh, made my ears perk up. And I paid attention to the rest of the show, and the rest of the show just uh, kept at that level. And it ended up being this really interesting story of like utopia and uh, the machinations to keep it going, and if it's worth it to make a perfect society at the at the loss of rights. And, well, I, I just I just was, what you yeah. value in a perfect society, mm-hmm. or what uh, or what, what values can build that that construct. It's yeah, it's really interesting. Per- I'm going to see the movie 
uh, at the end of the month as well. Actually, the second screening is during SoccerCon, which I'm I'm going to be at this weekend. But uh, the the Rio Theater here in Vancouver is doing a, an extra screening the day after on Monday. Oh, nice. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to catch that. Uh, I, I I might have to go back and rewatch a, a few of the, the last episodes though, because I'm a little a little hazy on how that ended. And of course, I'm not even going to bother with season two. Yeah, uh, my, my my friend or my roommate, uh, she really wants me to watch the second season just to cause me pain, and I, I'm not sure if I want to <laughs> or not. Uh, I probably will just to be a completionist, but I've, I've, everything I've heard of it is that garbage, so I'm not really looking forward to that at all. Yeah. So, um. We have other theatrical stuff we're going to go into mainly, but mm-hmm. uh, first, I just wanted to, to mention, I have noticed, just going, tracking my uh, numbers and stuff for the podcast, that uh, there are a number of people who are still following this show through the blog at zonn.ca, and, and that, that, that's great, but keep in mind that I tend to post these episodes on the blog much later than they're actually uploaded, uh, so you can follow the show directly on SoundCloud is one way to get the episodes right as they're uploaded, but what I what I recommend doing Above all else is subscribe to Zone N Canada on iTunes or Stitcher or one of the many podcast apps that you can uh, find out there for your mobile devices. Uh, that way you don't have to chase, you know, all these different social media outlets for uh, for updates on the show. Uh, new episodes are brought directly to you. That is, you know, that is the podcast way. Absolutely foolproof. Uh, and if for some reason Zone N Canada is not showing up on your podcast app of choice, uh, please let me know. Uh, either through the Zon in Canada Facebook page or on Twitter at Zon in Canada or email zonincanada at gmail.com. Uh, also worth noting, very likely, by the time you listen to this episode, it will be the one-year anniversary uh, of uh, launching this podcast. Uh, Zon in Canada relaunched as a podcast on March 26, 2015. Uh, of course, I'd love to hear from all of you to th- if uh, let me know how you think the show has been uh, what have I done right what could be better you know what else do you feel you could be getting out of the show I'm uh, I'm definitely open to suggestions um, uh, let me know on social media and of course a rating or review on iTunes is always appreciated uh, so uh, drop me a line if, uh, if you have anything to say moving on to our main topic mm-hmm. the new Mamoru Hosoda film The Boy and the Beast uh, from the director of Girl Who Leapt Through Time Summer Wars and Wolf Children uh, this film right now is just finishing its uh, limited run in the U.S. Up until about early March, Funimation had been advertising that they were releasing The Boy and the Beast uh, in theaters, both in Canada and the U.S. Uh, but when they actually posted the theater list, Canada was mysteriously gone, and Funimation stopped giving any kind of indication that the film was going to be released here uh, through them. I would imagine that most people are probably still wondering what happened. Why did Funimation not release the film here? Uh, as we kind of indicated before, they're releasing Psychopaths. Uh, their you know their their two day, three day limited screenings always seem to make it up here. Uh, but for some reason, The Boy and the Beast, a fairly high profile movie, did not. Um, not only that, Funimation actually blocked Canadians from accessing the trailer on YouTube. Probably an unnecessary move, uh, but when asked about it on Twitter, uh, Funimation actually confirmed that someone else would be releasing the movie uh, here in Canada, uh, both theatrically and on home video, which is actually an unprecedented situation. I don't think there's actually ever been a situation before where uh, a U.S. anime distributor did not have both the Canadian and or U.S. and Canadian rights to a film like this. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, however, they did not confirm who the party was. Also, they, they did not, or more importantly, they did not publicly acknowledge that they did not have the right, that they did not have the rights. If you, if you asked them, they'd acknowledge it, but they wouldn't say who, they wouldn't give details or anything. Um, if you do any research, you will show that the company releasing the film here in Canada is Mongrel Media. Uh, they will be releasing it uh, theatrically and uh, on home video and on, and on uh, VOD. Um, and that release actually starts in May. So there's a weird little two-month delay there for some reason. Uh, so, Randy, what do you think? Did Funimation drop the ball? Or do you think we might uh, this, uh, this might actually be for the best? Uh, I really, really don't know. Uh, this is such a weird situation that's never, I've never even like heard of this happening or like even considered that it really could happen. Uh, I, I know that they use, um, their, their service for, uh, I think it was 11 arts. Maybe it's changed since then for Dragon Ball Z, uh, to, to show their movies all across the Cineplex theaters. And, And I was wondering why they hadn't done that yet. Yeah. And then, uh, like the news came out that they didn't have it at all. And even uh, talking to uh, one of one of my acquaintances who who works at Funimation, they they said like they didn't even tell me outright they didn't have it. They linked they linked me to to a news piece that said uh, Funimation announces Born the Beast for U.S. theaters, and, and it was like this really that's, that, that's weird very unhelpful. situation. If you if you yeah. talk to them in person, would they just like made played charades or something? I, I, I think I think <laughs> if they I think if I always talked to them in person, they would have told me outright. Okay, yeah. I, I think it's just because because it was through Twitter, and they have to be professional that they really couldn't say yeah uh but yeah it was just like i i don't think it's funimation's fault is what i is what i'm kind of thinking it's hard it's hard to say yeah it really is it is i my suspicion or rather the suspicion that seems to be going around is that it's galmont uh that has caused this to happen why i i honestly can't say but uh funimation is actually has ha, sort of has their fingers in the international distribution in this movie, and apparently they are partnering with the the French distribution company Gaumont, uh to to release the movie. And you know, it's possible that they didn't want Funimation handling the Canadian release for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, which is is kind of weird. A number of number of reasons. Maybe Funimation or, or their their previous efforts uh, to do movies um, or to do like. Um, film festival style releases for films like this in Canada just wasn't up to snuff. And let's face it, it's not. No. I mean, they totally, like with the previous whole set of films, Summer Wars and Wolf Children, they totally dropped the ball. Mm-hmm, absolutely. On those, like, uh, totally. It, it they, makes me wonder if it isn't like a Hosoda-specific problem, because we didn't get, like, uh, Wolf Children wasn't wasn't a wide release, or like, no. like, like, like I, I say wide release as in across, all across Canada. Uh, I think it, it it screened in some theaters in Vancouver and Toronto, but That's, but not, yeah, yeah that, but like not not Canada as a whole, which is quite bizarre for that, a for a movie of like from Hosoda who has like who got a lot of uh, clout from doing Summer Wars. Yeah, it screened at a few festivals and mm-hmm. theaters, um, but those particular ones I think were proactive at getting those mm-hmm. films. Um, if they they showed up in yeah, Advanced City Theater in Vancouver and the Rio and and a, and a couple in Toronto, um, mm-hmm. that's it. And I I again I I think that's more 
because of those theaters wanted to show them more than it is because that Funimation was making any effort to push them up here. Uh, I, I think and, that's the case too. Yeah, and Summer Wars was particularly dire. Oh um, yeah, we were we were we were very lucky to even get that one in Vancouver, and even then it was only like a one night screening at at the Rio, and they they showed it like again a couple years later. But uh, yeah, we actually there was there was a a very very small film festival called I think it was called Plastic Paper. That was uh, an animation film festival, and they got the rights to screen Summer Wars, and I think they were really proactive too. I think this was even before Funimation had, had announced that they had the rights to it, even. Uh, but like they, a few uh, a few months later, or like whenever they really announced it, Funimation didn't have any kind of Summer Wars uh, screening at all in in Winnipeg either. Yeah, it was just that one little film festival on a very small screen. I was thankful to see it because that's a great movie to see in theaters. In Absolutely, any case. yeah. Uh, it's definitely but it was, it's really interesting. I, I think it's definitely hosted as best film as well. I, I, and I think so. To, to, to this day, if you have an opportunity to see Summer Wars in theaters, you you've gotta. It's mm-hmm. still it'll still pop up in like some independent theaters now and again, depending mm-hmm. where you are. But uh, but I mean, Summer Wars. The situation for that movie theatrically wasn't even much better in the U.S. either. I mean, they even yeah. working with G Kids, they could barely pull off. Uh, an Oscar, like a Oscar eligibility screening, right in in L.A., which was really really unfortunate because I think I think that movie totally had deserved an, a nomination. But it, it really seems like Hosoda, even going back to Summer War, since Summer Wars, even Hosoda is kind of too big a deal for for Funimation scattershot releases. Yeah, I I think that's uh, largely becoming the case for for Hosoda. Uh, he's just got this. Uh, prestige about him that's continuing to grow and I don't think Funimation is necessarily ready to handle that kind of uh, release per se. They they always like their entire theatrical strategy for everything has just been cutting corners always yeah. like even with Dragon Ball the Dragon Ball Z films they, they I mean they cut corners to an extent that they really shouldn't I mean those those movies really should have had wide releases I don't, yeah, I don't understand how they can't how they have not been able to pull that off mm-hmm. um it, it is possible under mongrel that we'll see a, a wide release because let, let's let's face it even in the states the like the two day two three day screening that uh that boy and the beast got probably that that's doesn't quite cut it I think no, and I think I, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, even even though from what I've heard, this is this is his weakest film. Uh, I, of course, I would need to see for myself to know if that's true or not. Uh, even so, like like it deserves something bigger, and it would get more audience too. I don't understand why they're not really like pushing this. Like like even though like it, it, I don't really like the term, but even if they threw on the, the like the new Miyazaki around a bit that would get a lot of <laughs> a lot of cloud like I, I, re- I really don't like that term yeah that i really don't be, like the term either. but that's that's that that's a good marketing term to use it would get lots of people interested uh, and like people are already throwing that term out anyway yeah and he's getting his reputation for that and it's just it's not carrying through to re- distribution releases yeah which i don't i don't think that's a very smart business strategy in the first place to do just just out of curiosity i know that funimation only recently got the rights to the girl who left through time but yeah like did that get any screenplay in canada at all i know it didn't play in vancouver which is weird because it was dubbed here Mm -hmm. um but i i know that bandai was kind of uh grasping at straws with that one originally too but of course like that was hosted as first you know 
non one yeah and that and that was also yeah like that was also before uh anime screenings really became a thing here yeah as well like like uh girl who loved the time was probably one of the first movies that could have had a release here like before that i think like apart from the odd naruto movie the first like big theatrical release i can remember seeing is uh maybe the madoka movies were the first big ones that came out that i can think of i'm sure there were more that were pretty prolific but that's the first that i remember like started this ava two point ava two oh yeah the ava yeah was or that i mean there was the first ava yeah um i think there were funimation had and viz had experimented a little bit before that but Mm -hmm. the ava ones were really the first ones that i think really did well The, the second one in particular Yes. Uh, and you know they they continue to do well enough just to keep chugging along, uh, sometimes to the point where the Cineplex Canadian releases are actually bigger than the than the U.S. ones. Just you know due to the due to the natures of the the deals they strike, I mm-hmm. guess. Yes, I had forgotten about Ava. That's definitely yeah. the, the earliest one that I can think of at that point now. Uh, besides, like the first Naruto movie, which I saw when I was like seventeen or whatnot. Oh yeah, 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 it, yeah. And also, it is it's possible that. You know, getting a Quebec dub produced may have uh, played a role in this as well. Mm. Since, you know, Hosoda is a, a a big deal, yet I don't think any of his films have been dubbed in Quebec yet. Oh. Gotten really a a release that has any kind of French language stuff on it. So I I could definitely see Galmont wanting to the movie to go to a distributor that uh, had the the resources to to handle that market as well, because that you know again he's a big name to kind of leave leave that market out of it's it's also possible that uh <laughs> i i would not be surprised at all if mongrel's home video release of uh of this movie is better than funimation's <laughs> yeah no that wouldn't surprise me either i, I of course I, I plan on buying uh that release the funimation release whenever yeah. it comes out because it's going to come before the mongrel media release i think it has a street date of of june or july yeah, uh, it's gonna it's, be coming out. It's in June, I think. Actually. Yes, it is. yeah, June because it's it's the same as the Girl Who Left the Time release. I just hope we get a theatrical screening before that. Mongrel's releasing it in May, oh, and like the fact there. that it got that delay probably means that this was a last minute thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I mean, it, it's bought like again, who knows what happened? But it almost seems like Funny may have actually had the rights, and then Galmont turned around and said, "No, you can't do that," or, or something like that. I, I, it's. Probably much more complicated than, <laughs> than than anyone would care to admit. Yeah, I would think like that makes the most sense. It like we're just speculating. Like we don't really know uh, the inner workings of whatever industry could do this. Yeah, I I did reach out to uh, to Mongrel to try and get more information on the release. Uh, they haven't gotten back to me. Uh, if they do, I will I'll just tack that information onto the end of the episode. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll know soon. But Mongrel also has not said anything really about this release if you ask them on twitter they will acknowledge it it's listed on their website but there's been no promotion no real push um i'm assuming that you know now that oscar stuff's over they're probably kind of switching gears a little bit but Mm -hmm. um it it seems that they're you know this is kind of being thrown together at the last minute and i'm not sure if they really are set because i I, mongrel handled paprika's distribution um okay i remember like like eight years eight or nine years ago but in that case they didn't do the home video it was just because apparently Sony can't do their own distribution in Canada for whatever, yeah. uh, for whatever reason. Oh, I saw Paprika three times in one week uh, in the theater. 
Uh, that was, was a very, very good week. It had, it had, a, it had a good release. Uh, yeah, uh, that when I first saw yeah. Paprika, we, we seriously contemplated seeing it again that night, but mm-hmm. it, didn't, it didn't work out that way. Uh, I, I had seen it with my anime club, uh, a, a city anime club, the first time. Uh, I took my friend to see it the second time, and then he said, we got to take all our friends to see this, and I saw it the third time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, forget new Miyazaki. We need a new Satoshi Kone. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, one other thing I will say. I, I hope that when Mongrel Media puts this movie out on uh, on home video that they actually keep the Japanese text credits in uh, intact because it drives me nuts that Funimation doesn't do that. It's like they it's like their policy to obliterate the credits and all their localizations, which for TV shows, it's fine. Yeah. But that you know that that go there are certain standards you're supposed to adhere to for cinema and it's standard practice to for foreign movies to leave the credits intact i don't know why funimation doesn't respect that i know they they kept the the text credit japanese text credits intact on their ava 3.33 release but that's probably only because kara was uh breathing down their necks on that one i would assume so yeah so weird that it's not coming out till may but like is that theatrically in may theatrically in may yeah oh wow that's so far away yeah so, like, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Psychopass is happening. So, mm. you know, and uh, I think the that Project Ito stuff that uh, that Funimation's working on, that's probably going to be safe, too. You know, we're, we're definitely seeing uh, some inconsistencies when it comes to movies getting released here. I mean, last time you were on the show, we were talking about Love Live. And actually, we haven't I haven't followed up on that. Uh, how, how was your Love Live experience? Uh... Uh, <laughs> it was really disappointing. Yeah. Uh... When I like like my entire, I was finally when it got announced, I got pretty excited. Um, but everywhere, Love Life hype really peaked at the American movie release, and it and it's steadily been declining ever since. There's there's a new there's a new series coming out uh, in the summer, which might give it a boost. But right now, like it's very much on the down low. There was definitely a like a about a four month window where most of those international releases of the Love Live movie were happening, where mm-hmm. the hype was, you know, the, the hype of having a near simultaneous worldwide release for this film was was strong, and you know we weren't the only country that was outside of that window, but we may have been the furthest. It was like four months after that yeah. it was done and gone when it finally landed in theaters here, and from what I saw, at least from the people I know who went to see it. Uh, a lot of those theaters were pretty were pretty barren. Yeah, uh, uh, my theater usually for for anime, uh, I would say it's at least three quarters full almost all the time. And for something really big like Love Live, which I had seen at, at a con previously, was, was huge. Uh, there was probably like a third of the theater was full. Like it, it was very low. Uh, the audience was like next to nothing, which was very very sad as someone who was a a big like fan of the of the franchise like just to see like almost no one caring about it anymore was just it was very disheartening yeah uh i i think i think a large part of that was as well that uh the blu-ray had come out in december yeah and and people and like people who quote unquote really wanted to see it already saw it i i held on hope for a for a theatrical release and i finally got it but uh, I'm way more patient than most, and and people who were still really big in Love Live probably 
put on their their uh, eye patch and pirated away. I, I think even NIS's Blu-ray release had come at that point because they essentially did an import version. Though yes, they, they did. Yeah. So I mean, people they mostly probably pirated it. Many, yeah. but I mean, even people could have bought it at that point as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure many did. Yeah. And and it's just yeah, with a lot of if this were like most other movies, if this were like Anohana or something like that, I I don't think it would be that big of a deal. I think it. It still would have been great that NIS listened to the complaints and wound up putting it in theaters in the end. It is good that they did that with Love Live. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 they probably learned their lesson. I don't think they're ever going to have another, but I don't think they're ever going to have another thing like like the Love Live. I, I don't think they will. Like yeah. Love Live was it's, it's just their a big, was their golden goose and and yeah, it's a wait, just it's just a wasted opportunity. And, it really is. And there's, it really just, is. there's just no way to rectify it at this point, and it's no, and it's sad. Because it could have been great. It, it probably would have done really well. In, yeah, I, I, I just, it, it could have been something like, to point to as an example. Yeah. But now we'll never know. So yeah, I, I just think about like hearing what all the American screenings selling out like like across the board, and then I think of the the poor little Canadian screening with barely anyone in the theater. I just I get I get real sad just thinking about it, about what could have been if it was yeah. released on time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't come out till February, which yeah. which means that. NAS didn't even start looking into it until, you know, after after it was already a done deal everywhere else. Which, mm. yeah, definitely definitely unfortunate. But uh, again, I mean, even though it was an Eleven Arts release, you'd still think that, you know, the the, the precedent with the other distributors would have uh, would have helped that happen. But it really doesn't. All these companies go through Eleven Arts, and there are definite patterns with all of them. With Funimation, it's still almost guaranteed that we'll get it. With Viz, it's kind of scattershot. Sometimes they'll they'll throw in some Canadian theaters. Sometimes they won't, and it's always really mm-hmm. limited to the number of Canadian theaters. They yeah, do. this has been has a, had a pretty good track record as of late. Yeah, uh, there were the two Naruto movies, uh, Naruto Last and and Boruto. Uh, they didn't and, they didn't do Last in Canada, if I recall correctly. I be- oh, I thought they did. Maybe yeah, they added they added the Boruto airing at the last minute, and they were very limited. There was like one. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they were like. I know in Vancouver there were there I think there was one maybe two screenings mm-hmm. and they both sold out like in advance. So I mean it's it it's definitely uh some are more are 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 holding back a little bit. Uh with Anaplex it now seems that uh movies are pretty much a no-go with all of their stuff now. Unless you live in Nova Scotia apparently. Yeah, that was that was weird. Anthony the Heart <laughs> played there. Uh yeah. Do- Do- is coming out uh in a few months. Uh, surprising that they're releasing a, a BL movie like that. Yeah, very. I I'm guessing that one's probably not gonna uh, show up in. Well, it's, it's probably not showing up in many theaters in the U.S. either. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I I wouldn't count on that one showing up in in Canada. It seems anything even remotely sort of low key or or not not a big hype title isn't going to show up. And even if it is a big hype title, there's no. It seems that with Anaplex, they've they've cut back on on Canadian screenings. Um. Oh, oh and just as an aside, where where's the Mushishi movie? That that thing just <laughs> uh, that kind of vanished. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there. I was kind of hoping that they would have released some. They would have announced some kind of physical release for Mushishi, and I assume they were waiting for the movie to be done. But it you just it just the whole thing just kind of dropped off the earth. There's no way to see that movie now yeah anaplex has been weird with lots, lots of their releases um uh, my, my friend is very into uh the kagura days mekaku city actors franchise and, yeah. and there's been no news of any kind of release for that which is uh pretty interesting too because that was a series that was at first uh pretty popular and, and now the novels and manga are coming out and they're both uh 
selling well enough to keep going. So I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't brought the series out at all. Mm-hmm. Well, in any case, I think it's safe to say that these screenings getting held back is you know, generally due to the specific licensor and yeah. not due to Eleven Arts. Um, if there was any, I don't think there's any any doubt about that. But no, I, I think we can definitely say that for sure. What we've been seeing lately, I hope it improves. But you know, with stuff like the Love Live movie kind of bombing in Canada, that that if if anybody wants to interpret that as a way of of uh, holding out on the Canadian market, they they certainly can. So uh, so Amazon had some wonderful news for us this week as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. Amazon has confirmed that they have the worldwide rights uh, for streaming to Cabinary uh, of the Iron Fortress, which is a new anime from the team that brought you Attack on Titan, something that I'm sure will look very enticing on the ads they'll no doubt be flooding us with uh, mm-hmm. in a few weeks. But uh, we're not going to be able, as far as we know, we're not going to be able to watch it uh, in here because it's streaming through Am- Amazon Prime Instant Video which is only available currently in five countries, uh, the U.S., the U.K., Germany, Japan, and Austria. And out of those countries, they've actually only announced plans uh, for the U.S. Apparently, there may be some intentions for Germany as well. But they, they have confirmed they have the global rights, and apparently they dump an ungodly amount of money on Fuji TV to get the rights to stream not only this series, but also all anime that airs on the Noetamina block on that network moving <sighs> forward. Which is, it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sure it does. Uh, Noitamana has been uh, a favorite block of mine uh, since it started with Honey and Clover, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I, I'm really, this is a very not great move for, for Canada. <laughs> or anywhere. <laughs> yeah, or anywhere, really. Uh, again, I mean, I'm sure that Amazon is going to be expanding, but I mean, worldwide rights five countries that that doesn't cut it no um to be clear we 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 don't know for sure that they have the exclusive global rights um it's possible that they'll sell things off to third parties but this is definitely the kind of situation where i can see a country like canada in particular kind of falling through the cracks though that's happened before (sighs) yeah it'll happen again (gasps) yeah uh, I, I know Amazon has a direct deal with Show Me. Yes. Or, or for their original productions only. Yes. Uh, it's not clear if this is going to qualify as that. Um, if a if an if an Amazon Prime original production is anything like a Netflix original, it probably will. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is quite a <laughs> it's a meaningless title. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even then, Show Me has yet to touch any anime outside of Pokemon. Exactly. Um, uh, actually, I believe they have a Satoshi Khan movie. I'm not sure which. I think Perfect. really. I believe Paprika is on. Actually, yes, because we were talking about this before, and I had actually, after that, uh, I have a show me subscription through my Rogers account. Okay. Uh, and I saw Paprika on there, and I was like, hey, that's something I should talk about. Okay, so they have Pokemon and one catalog. And one movie. One, one catalog movie. Sony title <laughs> yes. uh, on, their, on, their, on their service, which, considering that they probably didn't go out of the way for that title specifically, no. I don't think it really counts. I, I wouldn't say so. If they do get it, that would be that'd be good. Um, it could potentially be their their gateway into streaming more anime. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird that they haven't touched it yet because I mean, who how, how can you be in that industry and not be aware of how substantial a role anime pl- has playing in it? it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very it's very show me is a very weird service in general. Uh, in in my limited time using it i use it very rarely their lineup is top line mainstream movies and weird obscure canadian tv shows 
Yeah. And and that's pretty much what it is, which which is really really odd. Uh I've act- I've actually come around on Show Me to a to an extent. I think that that um their movie curation is actually pretty stellar. I think that that they have a, a really good selection as opposed to Netflix which is which is like a good number of mainstream movies and then lots of B movie schlock. And and Show Me really doesn't dabble in schlock a lot. And I think this might go towards like Show Me also doesn't really deal with independent distributors as much. And I think I, I think that, that that I think that's what that's where the anime problem comes into play. Yeah, and, and as far as T V shows go, it seems they seem to be the closest thing we have to like a Hulu here as well. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I hope uh, I hope that changes. But it, yeah, they definitely only seem to be dealing with the, like the major studios right now. I mean, if you want to watch sticking around, <laughs> show me show me's your friend. Oh man, yeah. <sighs> there there are some some interesting Canadian cartoons that I have not thought of in many years that are on Show Me. Yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting. Interesting situation for sure. We'll see, mm-hmm. we'll see where that goes. There's a possibility something something positive will come of that. Um, I don't know if I can say the same for Viz's announcement, which is that they are now going to be streaming part four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable, um, which is a real bummer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely the biggest profile acquisition they've made since Sailor Moon. Unless, unless they announce, unless Crunchyroll says they're doing it as well, it's happened before. It's it's possible. We don't we don't know that Viz has it exclusively, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not getting my hopes up on this. Uh <laughs> Uh, that 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 really sucks. Um, I, I think the one bright side I can take for that is that it may renew complaints about Viz's region practices. Not to say that the Sailor Moon complaints have really died off, but this will at least you know get more. It'll stoke the flames a little bit, maybe. Yeah, no, this is where I get negative because if if Sailor Moon didn't make any waves, I I really don't think JoJo's will either. Uh, in far in as insofar as getting anything done about it. Yeah. Uh. I I think our best hope, uh, both for like Noitamana and for the Viz stuff, is that uh, they don't have exclusive rights for Canada, and someone like Crunchyroll will pick it up. Yeah, uh, I, I like I really I think that's our best bet because Viz has repeatedly shown that they really don't care about the Canadian market at all. Really, besides like whatever they can monetize directly through their own services. At, at this point, I'd appreciate it if they just changed that message that pops up on their website when you try to access it from Canada. Because it's clear that they're not doing anything. No, and, and, and it's been years at this yeah, point. years. At this point, like, I think may, maybe getting more, more Americans to be angry about it is the key to, to getting mm-hmm. this to work maybe if they're if that audience starts doing something about it uh yeah. but and, and, and there, there are like a few pundits for canada over yeah in in america like like mike tool is like okay there, there's one pundit <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get people to care yeah it, it, it really it really is, is yeah because we're just like the kooky neighbors to the north right uh, on that note it, it is worth pointing out that fu- that while we get funimation stuff up here they are kind of leaving some regions in the cold because when viz licenses stuff they get us and canada all the time when funimation licenses stuff they get the entire north american continent including mexico and latin america and they are apparently blo- like blocking the rights to uh mexico and latin america on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um that's so viz isn't the only ones pulling this kind of uh 
this, this kind of stuff. I heard for one instance, like something like Degashi Kashi, apparently, even though it's streaming on Funimation and Daisuke. Daisuke is streaming it in the U.S. and Canada, but they can't stream it apparently in Latin America because Funimation is sitting on the rights for Latin America, but they're not doing anything with it there. So, yeah, this uh, this this stuff is happening everywhere. Uh, so one more item. Uh, I don't suppose you've had a chance to check out the Adult Swim app that uh, launched the other week yet. I actually have. Oh yeah. Uh, my, my previous one was freezing, and I just got a phone uh, over the weekend, and I've looked at it briefly. Uh, and I I do really like what I what I see on it. Yeah, the library is great. It's got with with a few a few limitations. It's got pretty much everything. I think the the only concession is that episodes of Rick and Morty and Robot Chicken that haven't aired in Canada yet yes. uh, are are not being uploaded until the the initial airing's done. So that's one problem. But for like everything else, it is their whole their whole library that they own. So they don't have home movies or any of the Fox comedies or anime or like the, the Warner stuff like children's right. hospital um, or Mike Tyson mysteries, but their adult swim in-house stuff is, is all there. Plus Samurai Jack. Oh, and Samurai Jack. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, a nice bonus. Yeah. Uh, I've been using it. I, I, I think it's pretty great. There are a few limitations on it. Like, you know, I, I try to run it through my Android tablet onto my TV, but I have to unplug the HDMI when I'm switching between episodes because they won't automatically load. So it's got little little problems like that, but for the most part, it, I, I find it runs pretty well and I find it usable. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're going to get Chromecast out eventually once that's done. It, that'll settle all those problems. Yeah, I, I have an Apple TV, so I can just usually just aircast yep. it to, to there without any problem. Perfect. Uh, yep. I, I'm actually not the biggest fan of Adult Swim shows, apart from like, Three or four shows like Rick and Morty is is the first adult swim show in a while that maybe really like really prick up and yeah and pay attention to the, to the block. But there there are shows in there that that, that I do actually plan on checking out because the, the app is very well designed, very streamlined. Everything that I, that I see is is kind of what an app should be. The show the show list is just an A to Z list, right out, easy to browse. Everything's easy to find. It's not really a big problem and, and like that's what more apps should be and interestingly this this app is being run out of the u.s uh without any involvement apart from the you know the few concessions they're making without any real involvement from adult swim canada or chorus and very interesting that they they launched this very close to the the big switch to skinny basic that happened uh, at the beginning of the month too and i don't know what's going on exactly but there's been a lot of chaos going on between adult swim canada and and stuff on the air one, one thing worth noting is that teletune at night the late night block on teletune was set to end for good at the end of february in fact we were i was planning a moratorium for it and everything uh but those plans have changed they they brought it back and they're now they were gonna premiere the new seasons of archer on adult swim canada but now they're just they moved it back to teletune at night and they're doing it there probably because that has a bigger audience because if you watch Teletoon at night, you'll see that they have all 18 plus ads running during the show. Whereas when you watch Adult Swim Canada, like half the ads are targeted at adults. The other half are just like spillover kids ads from the Cartoon Network hours, <laughs> which suggests that they make more money by selling overtime on those uh, those Cartoon Network kids ads than they do on selling that same ad time to, to adult advertisers. So yeah. that... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see what happens with that. They're also holding the last four, like four or five episodes of Night Sweats hostage. That got that got moved to Teletoon at night <laughs> as well. Yeah, I know that this is kind of a remains kind of a wild card issue as far as the the anime stuff goes, but uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I it'd be very nice to see like anime on 
network TV again for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's, lo- it's something that's been sorely lacking. I hey, Love Live could could work. They started airing on some network I've never heard of in uh, oh right the yeah. U.S. But uh, hey, they should give that a shot here. I think. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you never know. Hey, so just a quick update on what was discussed in this episode. It turns out that Viz Media does not, in fact, have exclusive rights to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4. Crunchyroll has confirmed that they will be streaming the series in Canada, so that particular revolution will have to wait for another day. As for The Boy and the Beast, I still have not received any kind of update from Mongrel Media. I will try my best to keep you updated on that, though, uh, possibly in the next episode. Also keep an eye on the Twitter, at Canada, as I may try to have some information posted there as well. Uh, with that out of the way, uh, big thanks to Randy for chatting with me today. Uh, the theme song is from Ultra Klystron's album Packet Flood, which you can purchase at ultraclystron.com. If you know anyone who might like this show, please recommend it to them. See you again!